RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Insert clever opening here. (laughs) It's 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on a Monday night. I might be socially distant, but I am all up in your computer. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Rekha Sharma, and coming to you from the safety of an undisclosed location. Before we start, thank you. Thank you to everyone who is probably having to disrupt the normal flow of their lives, but took some time out to be here with us tonight. And um, we hope that we can offer some fun, some conversation, and a little distraction by talking about this week's episode of The Card. Yeah, and of course, you know, that doesn't mean that current events are off the table. You can feel free to call in and chat about whatever you want. We do want to fulfill our mission, of course, and talk about Picard here as we count down the last three episodes remaining until the end of the season. So let's hear what you think. Your comments, your questions, click the Zoom meeting link or use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also dial us at 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting code that you see on screen or in the notes. That's right. I want to hear from you, and John wants to hear from you. Probably even Earl wants to hear from you, but I'm not sure because I didn't run that by him before asking it. Hey, Earl, no pressure. In any case, (laughs) click the Zoom link or use the one tap or call 669-900-6833. And before long, you will be talking to us, isn't that cool, about card, you know, and whatever else is on your mind. Excellent. And uh, people are already lining up to chat with us, which is great. We'll get to those calls in just a moment, but plenty of time for you to call in as well. And let's say hello to the kind people who are joining us in the chat right now. There's Robert, uh, there is Chris, there's Mauricio, uh, there's Peter, there's Paul, uh let's see where's mary i know right (laughs) boom uh there's dave uh there's aaron there's other dave and uh let's see here other dave yeah uh david says greetings john and reka i almost didn't make it due to a long commute from my kitchen to the living room so uh thank you for making that treacherous journey uh eric says hey john and reka Chris says, hi, John Areka. Social distancing means I get to stay up late and watch live tonight. So thank you very much for joining us. That is great. Uh, Alan and uh, Casey and uh, gosh, we were just going to keep funny. John Arminio says um, his greeting is in alternatively Scottish, Irish, Welsh, and posh English accents. Hello, everyone. Looking forward to talking Trek. So uh, very well said. These are fun. We'll come back to these uh, uh, messages here in the chat in a little bit. So, of course, if you want to get in on this, leave us a message there on Facebook or give us a call or click the Zoom meeting link or, uh, you know, use the one tap or dial the old fashioned way, just like uh, uh, just like Alexander Graham Bell had to call Watson and tell them there right away. Um, Hey, Reka, normally at this point in the show, I do a what's coming up. Right. (laughs) A lot of that has changed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's coming um, down. Okay, well, what's going down is uh, WonderCon has been postponed. Uh, the Nichelle Nichols Farewell Convention has been postponed. All I can say is stay tuned because I'm staying tuned. And as these things get rescheduled, hopefully, uh, all of our fingers are crossed and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, this is sort of tangentially Trek-related. Oh, yeah. Oh, nicely done. The vel- yeah. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> nice. See, trying to do that. Nice. Gonna need some glue. Um, <laughs> tangentially Trek related uh, because it is a charity that uh, uh, Rod has given to, and then there are Trek people involved. So I mentioned that I had this thing coming up at WonderCon about Hollywood Food mm. Coalition with John Billingsley and David Livingston and Robert Hewitt Wolf. Well, obviously that panel is uh, postponed now. We hope that it will happen at some point, but that doesn't mean that the work that the Hollywood Food Coalition has somehow stopped. I'll actually be volunteering there later this week and right. uh, hope to do more in the coming weeks uh, because, hey, uh, they're, they're going to need it. They're going to need the help. So uh, I believe it's uh, – you can Google search Hollywood Food Coalition if you're somewhere in the L.A. area and it's convenient for you. Uh, I think it's also HOFOCO, H-O-F-O-C-O. That's how you can find them online. 
So uh, look for that. And uh, the other thing is, you know, the live show, obviously we're going to keep doing. We, we have the benefit of being able to do this remotely, which is great. Um, so the live show obviously continues. Regular Mission Log continues as well. Uh, we will wrap up our season one of Picard. And then Norman's going to come back and join me. And we're going to do a wrap up with everybody so we can talk about the season in its totality. And then the second week of our wrap up, the bad astronomer, Phil Plate will be our special guest to talk about all things Picard. And then I believe we'll have a week or two hiatus. We're trying to figure that out. And they'll be back with guests. And then look, before you know it, it'll be time for Disco Season 3. So, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, the mission log doesn't stop. The Star Trek doesn't stop. Crazy, right? It just keeps going. (laughs) So... I know. Hey, uh, so I tell you what, let's uh, get through our poll questions real quick, and then I will jump into the recap. Reka, if you would like to fill our listeners in on our poll question from last week. Absolutely. Last week, we talked about, you know, the synth-ROM crisis after that. Should Soji hang with Picard or leave with the Rikers? I know what I voted for, and it seems like most people agree with me. 25% said hang with the card. <laughs> 75% said live with the Rikers. I mean, it's very idyllic there. It's a yeah. chance of family she never had. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and they just seem like the perfect people who are totally open to like, hey, you're, you're synthetic. So what? Synthetic's awesome, too. Totes. So, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Great. Uh, now, this week we asked you, what is Narek doing in his ship while everyone is sitting around talking? He's got a lot of free time on his hands, so uh, the, the options here were very clear. He's either listening to Mission Log reruns mm. or he's playing Angry Birds of Prey. Mm. Uh, so I, I have to agree with the majority. He's listening to Mission Log reruns. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? But look, he probably breaks that up with some video games too on uh, whatever smartphone device. You know, he is sort of an angry birds of prey. So you don't need more of yourself. It's redundant. It's redundant. That's what he was saying for a Romulan to play angry birds of prey. He just carries that with him. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, this is good. By the way, people are saying in here in the chat, uh, Mike, Says, hey, John and Reka, finally able to join live. These shows have been great, both Picard and your podcasts. Aww. So thank you for that. And thank then uh, Matthew, our friend Matthew Simone, says, uh, Phil Plate, sweet space. A lot of A's, a lot of exclamation points there. Um, and then Chris Riker says, hey, don't forget the uh, Pike and Seven of Nine comedy hour. I'm waiting for that. I, w- oh, I would yeah. love for that to be a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah and then paul is saying what i feel which is i can't believe we only have two hours of picard left i mean this is episode eight We're i wasn't wrap ready for that i wasn't ready for that math man no <laughs> no i really wasn't i was told there would be no math <laughs> so yeah two sorry hours. about that two hours of picard that's, that's yeah all right. It is. All right. We well, have disco coming up, so that's all right. Then we got disco coming up, yeah. So um, I tell you what, I'll do the recap. Uh, boy, oh boy, a lot going on in this episode, and then we're going to get yeah. to your calls very soon after that. So uh, <laughs> if you'll indulge me, here I go. The recap of Picard Broken Pieces. Well, this episode is brought to you by the letter E for Exposition. A long time ago, the Romulans found a planet nestled among eight suns. On it, they found a warning left there by an ancient race about what happens when you get past a certain tipping point with artificial intelligence. If the info doesn't kill you, it might drive you mad like it did Ramda or convince you to stop any and all development of synthetic life as it did with O and Nerissa. All this Jat Vash stuff was born out of the fear that this ancient destruction would revisit any modern advances in AI, hence the attack on Mars. Meanwhile, on the artifact, poor Elnor is just trying to stay alive, fighting his way through Romulans until our favorite Fenris Ranger shows up to help out. On La Serena, suspicion and paranoia run high. Rios is stymied just by looking at Soji. We'll find out why later. 
Rafi tells Picard that she thinks Dr. Gerardi is a spy, and just to drive it all home, she also pulls a weapon on Soji until Picard can talk her out of it. No time for this. Picard goes to his hollow chateau to have a call with Admiral Clancy. After the perfunctory raised voices and expletive, she agrees to send a squadron to meet him on DS-12. Hey, asking not so nicely works. With Elnor and Seven of Nine now on the run from Nerissa, who is gathering every Romulan she can in the hunt, Seven has a good idea. Revive the Borg cube and all those dormant XBs to help them out. Only Nerissa is on top of this too and has a plan to start blowing the dormant Borg drones into space and just wholesale killing those poor XBs. Seven could reactivate a mini-collective here. She could, only it would be re-enslaving those dormant drones. They may not want to come back, and she may not either. Still, time is of the essence, and with Ramians closing in, Seven reconnects herself and activates those drones at the moment Marissa gives the command to eject them into space. Mm, yeah. As Soji and Picard find some time together, they bond a bit over existential questions like, how do you like your eggs? And how Picard and Data felt about each other. Sure, the emotions might have been undeveloped, but Data loved Picard. Then there's the matter of Dr. Gerardi. Picard says she'll have to turn herself in at DS-12, but he wants to understand why she did what she did. She starts to explain the story of Commodore O and the vision of destruction, not from the future, but from thousands of centuries ago. And her Soji, the bringer of destruction, but completely disarms Gerardi when she sees what a magnificent work of art she is. Elsewhere, Rafi is trying to put many pieces together. There's the pictogram of eight circles prevalent in Romulan drawings. There's also the matter of Rios going off the deep end once he saw Soji. Maybe she can get to the bottom of it with all the assembled holograms. She sort of does. Something to do with Rios's old ship, the Ibn Majid, his old Starfleet captain, Alonzo Vandermeer. Finally, Rios fills in the rest. They were in the Vate system. Picked up a diplomatic envoy of Ambassador Beautiful Flower and his protege, Jaina. Rios befriended them, and then out of nowhere, Vandermeer killed them both. It was a command from Starfleet security. Oh no, oh yes. What's worse, Vandermeer killed himself after the incident, leaving Rios to clean up the mess, literally and figuratively, in order to save his ship. Vandermeer had been threatened with the destruction of the Ibn Majid if he didn't carry out the order. Rios found himself out of Starfleet six months later. Family meeting time. Everybody sits around the table sharing their feelings and all the information they've gathered over their time with each other. And Rafi is totally in her element as the conspiracy-spinning storyteller. A long time ago, in a remote part of our own galaxy, eight sons were indeed dragged together to serve as a beacon. Those who found the admonition, as the Romulans put it, would be warned about AI. If you develop it too far, if it evolves, you are doomed. So that's why the Romulans created the Jadvash to wipe out all synthetic life. As data became a thing, they deployed half Vulcan, half Romulan O, who worked her way up in Starfleet security. And yes, the more it developed, the Romulans engineered the attack on Mars to wipe out more. A little while later, enter Beautiful Flower and Jaina, who were Bruce Maddox's creations after he fled. Now the Jotvash are trying to find that planet where Bruce created them and Soji and any other AI to wipe it out too. Soji, in a rage, takes control of La Serena, only to be stopped by Rios and Picard with the plan to go through a board transwarp conduit. Back on the cube, Nerissa is attacked by more XBs, and oh, come on, she's too evil to really be dead this early, right? On their way, Picard levels with Rios about their mission, about not feeling too bad about Vandermeer. He couldn't have known. Yeah, there are problems all around, but you know what, Picard says? The past is written, the future is not, and they have powerful tools on their side, openness, optimism, and spirit of curiosity. Now that's a Star Trek, the end. Love it. 
well, you know, it, this is a weird one to write up. You, yeah. you got to admit, like, like there's this, there, there's so much exposition, re-exposition, yeah. and just this is a weird one, weird episode. You I, do, I, what you do with weird, Mr. Chesney. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know me. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I, I'm, I'm not fishing for a compliment here. What, what I want to know, though, uh, just having watched the episode, because uh, your and my close friend, James Kerwin, I saw in some comments online saying, like, this was not a favorite episode of his. Um, he's enjoying Picard all along, and I, I felt like I had really mixed feelings on this one, just purely from, like, the 30,000-foot view. Did I like it? Did I not like it? have to admit, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I liked it a little more when I back, went back and rewatched it uh, for the recap. I, I just want kind of your gut feeling here. What, what do you think went right? What do you think went wrong before we uh, get to our calls? Well, there were a lot of pieces, as you, as you said. And I love how they contribute to the whole story, all the layers and everything that they add. But I did feel like it wasn't sort of a clear sort of emotional journey. There wasn't a really clear sort of through line that hmm. hinged everything together in yeah. a way that made it um, captivating to watch. That just we really this time. I feel like we really got that with the last episode. Yeah, we did. With Nepenthe, obviously, heavy emotional content. But this one, yeah, it, it felt very broken up. And yeah. they just, they're feeding you all these nuggets because you're in this race now to get to the end of the series. Yeah. So nuggets yeah. that, you know, sort of pay off, like, like, you know, some of the nuggets inform what we've already seen. And I think some of the nuggets are going to pay off later. Sure. But yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes a bowl full of nuggets is um, a lot of chewing. <laughs> wow. That's, man, that, that is awesome. Can I quote you on that? Why not? Yes, you can. Love it. Nice. All right. Well, let's go to our first caller tonight. We have uh, uh, always welcome on the show here, the Vice Admiral. Welcome to Mission Log Live, Vice Admiral. Let's talk about Picard. Uh, how you doing, by the way? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I am working from home all week, and uh, that seems to be the best way to go right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, um, uh, all of our audience is uh, doing similar things. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk Picard, man. What yeah. uh, what uh, what were your feelings this week? Well, it was definitely a uh, an overload of exposition of the kind of things that we have yet, you know, up until now, I had no idea, right? So what some of this was, we had a lot of theories going around as to what could this big mystery be? What could the warning be? What could the weapon be? What could the, or the destroyer? I'm sorry. Right. So we we find out that there's this engineered star system with eight stars that high that has one planet that has a warning on it mm -hmm. now the first question you have to have is did they build the star system first before they got destroyed or are, are is it just is a is are we saying a destroyed civilization was still capable of building something like that oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. i i see well uh, correct me if i'm wrong here part part of my impression and maybe this will be revealed later, uh, is that whatever this was that created that, I mean, it, it could be extra dimensional. It could be um, uh, from another galaxy or an even farther out part of our own galaxy. But to me, it, it seemed like maybe they weren't completely wiped out. Yeah, They just possible. left this thing here. And it was just like, okay, well, we're going to come back. And you do not want to see us when we come back. Oh, you think the warning was left by the, the threshold, whatever it is, not the, by the, the folks that, that create. Because I got the impression, especially when uh, Narissa said, don't do what we did or whatever, or, or maybe that was um, mm. uh, Gerardi. Mm -hmm. uh, not the kind of warning you'd have left by the folks who destroyed them, but the kind of warning that the, by the folks who were destroyed. But either way, I'm not even right. sure that makes any sense if this thing is very technologically sophisticated, right? Sure, right. And what if the fact that it drives everybody crazy, which, by the way, seems like a terrible warning system. Um, <laughs> right? That's, that's not good at all. Yeah. What if this is a system that's designed to be interpreted and used by synthetic life to say, 
a different thing entirely. And the folks that have found oh. it not being able to interpret it are interpreting it in a completely different way and therefore going crazy and destroy, trying to destroy all life. And whatever the threshold is, maybe the threshold is something wondrous. Uh, they never see, found out. I love that uh, idea. That, that sounds like Picard's wrap up in this episode. It really does. Yeah. You know, the, the assumption uh, is sort of like that old saying, you know, to every, uh, uh, to, to every hammer, you know, every problem looks like a nail. So to yeah. the, uh, uh, to to the, the Romulans, Romulans, they showed up and they were like, yeah, th- this is terrifying. We have to destroy it. Yeah. Um, but to Picard, he's like, hey, let's just go in with, uh, with open hearts, open minds and mm-hmm. optimism and, uh, and think through the problem. That, that, see? Oh, now that's a Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. And it would be so much better because otherwise, what do we have, Rick? We, have, we either have Cylons or we have Reapers from Mass Effect, right? We have right, something right. we've already seen in so many things lately in science fiction. I want this to be something better, something different, something Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it, man. Uh, what else? What, uh, what else in this episode uh, uh, struck you, loved or hated or intrigued you? Well, what, the other big thing then, if we're going with the conspiracies, is should we be concerned that this, it's a it's sloppy writing or that there is something more <laughs> important going on that Rios, the one person who might have specifically encountered folks from this planet before, is the one who ends up being there at the right time? Mm. Yeah. Is that sloppy writing? Mm. Or is it that maybe, of course, um, uh, oh, I can't even think of her name right now. Rafi. Rafi knew something about this because she is the conspiracy thinker herself, and she had some idea what was going on with his past and picked him specifically because she knew just a hint of what might be in that past. Well, you know, essentially, they they are friends. They've known each other, but this was a huge blind spot that she knew nothing about. Right, that's the problem. That whole sequence. with Yeah, 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 I mean, that. that's really tough. It would be nice if that was it, but nothing indicates that. Based exactly. On, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless maybe uh, her knowing enough about his past that he left Starfleet in disgrace, um, that maybe just in her head she's putting this together, not, not, not in any detail, not that she actually understands the why, but because of that relationship, because of that falling out, because of whatever went horribly wrong, he's probably willing to buy whatever she says. Right. And that seems much more likely to be the case. Not that there's anything specific she knows about this being a coincidence that is kind of far-fetched. Yeah. Right. How, uh, how did you two feel about those scenes with her trying to uh, put it all together? With the, uh, with the, the it, it doesn't necessarily season. fit the flavor of the show to date, but it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I loved it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same page with you. Like, I, it annoyed me at first because, <laughs> yeah, it, because it felt like it was taking so long, and mm-hmm. we're we're just pausing the show here for this comedy break. But then after it's that thing again, watching a show once and just kind of having a weird taste in your mouth from it, but then watching it again. So at least I know that's coming and I enjoyed it more that second time around. I agree. I, I, I enjoyed it right away. And I, to yeah. me, it's like a thing that I really like about Trek. It's like, I, I wait for those comic interludes. Yeah, you know, or or comic episodes or whatever, you know. It's like it needs to be in there. Yeah, I mean, you need some liberty. Yeah. Everything going on right now, need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you needed some levity there, no question at all. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. It, it felt like we were really overplaying it, but at the same time, I feel like it's something we were all waiting for since the beginning of introducing. All of those Rios. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I wanted to see them all in the same room, so it was fun. I, yeah. I feel like there was some finessing that could have been there. I, for me, I what I thought was more payoff. Like, I want to, I want to see all those Rioses click together in a way that it's like where it works, and all of a sudden something magical happens. And we didn't really get that. We got a clue, but right, right, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and maybe that'll, maybe that'll come. Maybe 
that'll happen at some point. See, it, it kind of made me wonder, though, it, instead of telling Picard as a 10-episode story, you know, mm-hmm. one season as a story, and, and I know that we're not going to get, you know, a, a multi-year, 26-episode, uh, uh, episodic version of Picard. We're going to get these long story arcs. Is that the kind of thing that would stand alone better, where you could just do the holographic Rios episode? Sure, they still show up from time to time because they're fun like that. But if you're actually going to do that, get them in the room together, you don't need to stick five minutes into a 52-minute episode that is full of tragedy (laughs) and, you know, horror and, and violence that maybe would feel, I don't know, just, it felt disjointed in an episode that already felt disjointed. And, well, that's the thing. The whole yeah. episode felt somewhat disjointed. So right. to, to pull that particular part out feels a bit like maybe unfair. Like no, right. you're right. Section yeah. doesn't yeah. work. All yeah. of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good point. We still uh, love them all. In their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. If I were just to pull out scenes, there are so many great scenes in this episode. Mm -hmm. And including the holographic Rios's. It's a great scene on its own. And I felt like uh, the scene with uh, Picard and Soji at the table. Yeah. Wonderful scenes. So good. The scene with Agnes and Soji. So great. And and I love every additional layer we get out of uh, Dr. Girardi. Just so good. She's wonderful. Um, Seven and Elnor. Just oh yes. yeah, that hug was just <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. and the, and the whole thing of her um, choosing to remain to herself plug in. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then uh, just to watch them all. Fly off into blow. Oh, she apparently yeah. saved a few, right? But not enough. Not a lot yeah. of them. That was yeah. a lot. That yeah. was yeah. a lot of loss all at once. It was hard to watch. And Agreed. and how interesting Agreed. after everything that we've seen of the Borg on Next Gen and Voyager, uh, that now our sympathies are toward the Borg. Yeah. I, I love reinventing the characters yeah. this way. That's a very Trek thing. It's very nice. Very Trek. I like it. Uh, Vice Admiral, anything else for us tonight before we go to our next caller? Oh, yeah. The only other thing I would say is that I love the fact that that, uh, Soji took over the ship in in five minutes, but he managed to take it back just as fast because (laughs) some captains know better than to let, uh, you know, people take over their ship really quickly without having fail-safes. That was brilliant. Yes, (laughs) precisely, precisely. Well done. All right, man. Well, Well, have a great night. You too. Stay safe. And um, stay home. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Cheers to that, man. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh, Looks like up next, we have Deb, who has been waiting patiently. Deb, welcome to the show. John. Hey, Reka. How are you this evening? Good. How are you? Really good. Good to be social distancing with you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. First time being able to call in. I'm usually uh, listening on audio on the way to work the next morning. So it's cool to be able to be here live. Spring breaking. Awesome. Uh, I'm so glad you got to join us. And thank you for dressing appropriately. Yes. Wouldn't have not. (laughs) (laughs) You got extra points from Reka just for that. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so what's on your mind? Talk to a us about uh, Picard. Yeah. A couple things. Number one, do we think Clancy is just being taken for a ride by Commodore O, or do we think that she's part of it? Mm. Uh, Rick, I'll go I, first. <laughs> I, I thought taken for a ride. Yeah. It didn't occur to me that she could be part of it. I, the way I felt about it at first, when they first introduced her, I just thought she was going to be the bad world. And this episode turned me around on that. This episode made me think like, okay, she allowed herself to not be skeptical enough about Commodore O. She allowed herself to be scared by whatever Commodore O was, was feeding to them. Um, and I, I think there's room for redemption here. 
And it, it was interesting, somebody in the chat uh, had mentioned something about um, kind of saying like, oh no, not another Starfleet conspiracy story. Mm. And I agree, because I, I do not love conspiracy stories to begin with. Well, I mean, some more than others. Uh, but I don't want to see that just being an ongoing theme in Star Trek whenever we need uh, a, a something epic we create another conspiracy story and that's what we do i feel like we've had that mm. i feel like and i hope that this is a little bit different where it's not just a whole bunch of people got together and decided to do something evil it's you've got definitely the one bad apple with oh more bad apples with the jat vash who are driven ideologically but have convinced other well-meaning people to not act in their best interests. I think that's a much more interesting, much more human story. So I, I hope that's what we see. Oh, I totally agree. Go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. That's okay. I was just going to say, and if we travel down the conspiracy path, then I hope that it would have that same level of, of depth that you just talked about, because I do think that that's probably what underlies those kinds of conspiracies anyway. Yeah. But not well, to you know, sort of wash over by going, oh, it's just this. No, like what's, you know, like Picard's speech at the end, which was just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, we, not, we had to land there with him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not uh, the conspiracy anyway. It's not any other group. It's, it's a society that chooses to say yes to something because it taps in and triggers our fears and, and we go with it instead of choosing from openness from from vision yeah. from what we actually want which is you know maybe harder and going to require more responsibility for ourselves yeah like staying home and quarantining and instead of yeah. pointing the finger and going th those bad people on the other side of the planet started the, you know and being racist yeah. and all that junk yeah it's like no um what kind of world do you want to live in yeah we, it, it, so we, we got a, a very good email from somebody who said, hey, maybe now is a great time to talk about the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few or the one. I feel like that will probably be a mission log supplemental very soon. Yes. <laughs> talk yeah. to Norman about that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think also back to this point about how exactly they've structured this. Um, that's what sort of excited me more about uh, the Jurati character. Is that again, you're not just throwing out a character and saying, oh, she's evil, because uh, she's gonna do a bad thing like kill Maddox. Like, no, she is so deeply compromised by, mm. uh, first of all, the emotional content of it, but also the manipulation of saying, here are all these terrible things that will happen very convincingly uh, 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 told by O through the mind meld, all this. Uh, so she really had no choice but to believe it. Um, and that just completely warped her perspective, changed her ability to be herself and, and lead with her heart. Uh, so I, I, I feel like even if there is this conspiratorial through line in the show, it's, I, I want to say that it's something better than that. It's not just, you know, again, people decided, well, we're the mustache twirling villains. That's Narissa. Uh, but as far as Starfleet goes, there's something much more interesting and complex going on here than just that. So, I don't know. No, go ahead, Deb. I didn't catch that. I would that. definitely hope so. The, the other thing, my son and I were talking today during the whole vision or whatever, that slight flash of data in there is that something that O is uncertain in there or is that mm. something from way back in this admonition and why the heck would data be in there way back then it just we just my son and I got off on this tangent about uh you know could that ancient race have somehow you know could Sung have found their secret for creating androids oh. or synthetics and so, somehow that's because you know he disappeared and no one could find him and then all of a sudden there was data and lore and all that I don't yeah. know just kind hmm. of interesting to think that maybe he was influenced by this ancient knowledge or something 
Okay, so now forgive me because I, I didn't do my uh, my good nerdy due diligence. I didn't go through and freeze frame the way I should have. <laughs> but um, <laughs> out of all the images in that scene, uh, do we literally see data or is it just a... Yeah, really? Okay. Data's I, somehow, I, I saw him. Yeah. Definitely data space. Okay. So I, I wonder then if it's... Jurati conflating her understanding and knowledge of AI mm-hmm. and synthetic life Definitely. with what O is showing her, you know? Could be. That definitely could be. I'm in the middle of reading yeah. that Last Best Hope, that prequel novel, and I think maybe that's mm. definitely possibly true also. Got it, got it. And, you know, actually, your Earl just dropped in an interesting comment. Proto Matter, Sung edition. <laughs> So, yeah, kind of, kind of to your point, you know, do you have, is there something that is consistent in synthetic life, even from way back when, that sort of uh, emerges or expresses itself uh, even centuries, thousands of years later, as a guy like Sung is putting together his version of that? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Good question. I need to go back and watch that on freeze frame, frame by frame. Well, it was such a large info dump episode that I had to watch it like two or three times to really like make sense of all of it because there was so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Hey, uh, Deb, I got a couple of people waiting. Yep, so I uh, any, move on along. Definitely. Well, I was going to add you any, any last uh, comments or, oh, or thoughts? No, I want to make card? room for everybody who's called in. Thanks a lot for the opportunity to talk to you guys. I really enjoyed it. I'm Thank so you. glad you got to call in finally. So well, uh, Now school's closed for two weeks, so you might be seeing me back next week. <laughs> Let's do it. So. It's a date. It's a date. We will awesome. be here. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care, Deb. Bye. Hi. All right. And it looks like uh, up next we have Eric, who has been waiting. Eric, how are Hi. you, sir? Oh, wait. Eric is muted. Hello. No, he's not muted. There he is. Uh-huh. How's it going? Hi. 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 I'm, I'm nervous and excited. This is, this, is, this is pretty cool. I've never done this before. Oh, well, hey, welcome, welcome. to the show. No Thanks. need to be Thanks. nervous at all. Yeah. Uh, like, I can't remember when I was not watching Star Trek. I'm 42 years old, and I, I don't know. I can't remember when I when I did not watch Star Trek. So this is a uh, lifelong cool. passion. So let, well, so let me ask you about that real quick. What 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 was your trek? What uh, what started you off down this path? Sure, it must have been some movies, but they would have been they may have been in reruns by then. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm 42. So um, in '87, I think is that is that when Next Generation came out? Was '87 maybe? Yeah. Sure was. I would have been 10. So I don't know if I could have very well have watched. I I don't remember when I started watching. I just can't remember. It's just been a part of my life, my whole, just completely. Uh, I can't remember when I was not watching Star Trek. Uh, That's cool, uh, man. Yeah. We're, we're kind of in the same boat with that because for me, it was TOS. Um, I'm just slightly older than you. Uh, but it, for me, it was TOS. And I remember being so young that like, I didn't make a distinction between the show, the cartoon, the toys. Like It was just yeah. stuff huh? that was yeah. around. You know? and that was just part of my sort of the bedrock of pop culture for me. You know? yeah, and, I, and I also watched uh, TOS. I just, again, it, it's just, it's all a blur. But certainly, I do remember my mother wanting to get to know me, so she she watched TOS uh, TNG with me. So that was uh, yeah, so the so the Star Trek cool. that she knows best is, is Captain Picard, and she and I haven't watched this. Maybe I'll maybe I'll buy the Blu-ray when it comes out and send it to her. Oh, nice! I I have been really appreciating uh, uh, the new show. Um, there's there's not a whole lot that I don't like about it. Um, I know that it's been challenging for some because it uh, it it pushes against uh, what people imagine is the Roddenberry's Roddenberry vision. I um, I'm a, I'm a fan of of pushing against it, not because I don't think it's mm. important, uh, but because I think without that it it gets stale, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, a show without internal conflict with with characters without internal conflict. It's just really not all that interesting. 
Uh, and so I think that we have to keep pushing. Uh, and, 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 and certainly this episode with uh, Picard's speech in the middle of it, uh, maybe perhaps more than halfway through it, uh, was demonstrating that it's now turning a corner. Uh, mm. And uh, this is a novel. This is not uh, this is not a singular story, but this is one chapter in a larger novel. Uh, and it, and the only way to really see the picture is to is to see it all. So we have to kind of stick around and wait for it to come. Yeah. Uh, and and be patient. Uh, and so I I think that the story is actually quite interesting. Um, I'm not sure what to do uh, with the the great secret at the middle of it. That's, you know, <laughs> mystery box TV never quite, you know, it, it it's always it, our anticipation of what's going to happen is, in many ways, more, uh, many ways, uh, uh, more powerful than whatever happens at the end. I think there may be some. There have to be a few more surprises. Um, I thought Nepenthe was wonderful a great respite for us. Um, the plot kind of stopped a little bit and we got a chance to, to see some old folks that we'd known before. And uh, I think they were beautifully used to tell the story. Uh, and we've gotten something really new about them that makes their characters really interesting. And, and the acting was excellent. I mean, uh, Marina Sardis and, and uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes were just Powerful, and they both took their shots at Picard, which was just I, I thought was great. Yes, uh, and yes. one of the, one, the if you remember one of the more subtle ones was when uh, Riker is making pizza. He says, "Sure," um, as if not knowing what's going to happen helps us protect the people that we love. It was just yeah. and, and and just yeah. the reaction that Picard gives, just the small realizing that he you know that that uh, that that didn't that that did not land well with Riker. It was just really well done. Yeah, um, and I, um, I'm excited to get to the end. I thought this was a this was a huge plot dump, right? We were yeah. you know, we, we they dropped mm-hmm. a lot of plot on us, and so yeah. uh, there you know it, yeah I, I've watched it I think two or three times, and and it's there's I, I could watch it a couple more times certainly. Uh, one of the things you were talking about before was that opening sequence. I would um, assume that the opening sequence was historical in a sense, not not someone else's, uh, not Girardi's memory. So they did not set it up where we, I think, if I, if I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it opens with just that sequence. It doesn't set us up to think that it's Girardi's memory. Right, right. No, yeah, but, but you're talking about the scene with the, the Romulans gathered yeah. uh, for the admonition. So that was however many years ago yes. that those Romulans had, had gathered to see that, right? Then they decide, okay, we're going to carry out the Mars attacks. Um, sorry, I had to do that. Uh, and then, <laughs> what, Rico? <laughs> Haven't you seen Mars attacks, right? No. <laughs> No, I got it. Yes, the, I got it. It's in Burton film right now. Okay. Oh, it's so funny. Right, Hanks, yeah. I think, yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, everybody's in it. It's so awesome um, and weird and gross. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, what we were seeing is what the vision that they got from thousands of years ago implanted into them fourteen years ago, and then here's O sharing that, but perhaps manipulated that a bit in order to share it with Girardi. So this is, you know, a, a long, long game of telephone. That, yeah, uh, yeah. That, yeah. That, I, I, that I saw David's face too, but it, it, did a, it's a, it, it, was, it did raise a question for me. Why is, why is David's face in there? It'll be interesting to see yeah. if, if, if they explain it, with, uh, if, if we get a sense of why. Um, I, I, it's hard to believe that we won't see Brent Spiner again. Hmm. Um, it's hard to believe that we won't. Uh, the way in which he talked about his his role in the show tells me I'm kind of waiting for to see him again. So that's the first time we've seen him again since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I, I'm expecting that we will see uh, Brent Spiner. I'm expecting that we will see, you know, they just dropped some photographs, you know, uh, that we will see some some other um, sentient and, uh, with androids, some synthetic androids before yeah. it's over yeah. that are not the same model. Mm. I, I was imagining that this was a uh, Reka. It's just kind of really cool to be 
talking to you is <laughs> from Battlestar Galactic. I was imagining that this was that that there may be a a, a similar plot point mm. um, that perhaps the the Romulans the big secret that the Romulans are hiding that they are some kind some uh, synthetic life form. Um, uh, it seems like that's not the case, but that would have been interesting to me, uh, uh, and and could have been told in a Star Trek way that would have been very. Um, you know, uh, very interesting. If that if that was the deep secret within the secret that the that the Romulans have been protecting, and uh-huh. not even known in themselves uh, about right, them. right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. See the the thing the thing to me that's so interesting about this is I I kind of go back to something that we had talked about on Mission Log a lot before. Um, we were trying to pick apart. Uh, what is data's essence? You know, they, they say, well, he doesn't have emotions. And he says, I don't have emotions, but, but he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you get to an episode like Measure of a Man, where we're trying to decide, does he have rights? Is he an object that can be taken and studied and taken apart and replicated and blah, blah, blah. And it, to me, those are the more interesting things that we're getting to in Picard right now. And that's why I love that scene uh, with Picard and Soji at the table, and then later with Soji and Agnes talking, when, when she just asks, am I a person? You know, yeah. right now, me and you talking, do you yeah. see me as a person? Which to me, is- that... Right, 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 exactly. Well, we cut away. Remember, we, we cut away twice, and we never got that answer. Just like, oh, what was the rest of that conversation? What were they saying? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um and I, I hope that we keep exploring that. Um, obviously, uh, the audience's sympathy is built around Soji. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hope that that's part of the development of where we land when the story ends, is we kind of come full circle back to where we were with Measure Remand, that it's life, regardless whether it was created, manufactured, yeah. is new, is old, whatever, it's still life. Yeah. And it's our obligation to respect it and understand it. And as Picard says, going with an open mind, and, compassionate. And even, um, if I can add to that, even from her, you know, can, I think so much of, you know, what I, one of the things I love about our current sort of I don't know, zeitgeist or whatever you want to call it is like all this UBU. Like, can mm-hmm. can we as a society really like accept who we are? And can she be cool with the fact that maybe she's not a person? You know, like what does that mean? Like, is it fine for her to just be what she is? Yeah. And in, in, you know, because Data always longed to be more human, and it's like, well, just be cool with what you've got because it's amazing. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, that, I agree with Rick. I think that, that the show has answered the question for us that she is a person. I mean, the show has already answered that question. The question, yeah. she she's hasn't answered it for her yet. Right. right. Yeah. Right. She doesn't know. But but it's also but it's it's in there that longing to be something other than what she is mm-hmm. and which people do I, at least that's what I <laughs> right. yeah yeah and that's what we all struggle with we, we all want to be a better version of ourselves and it, there's a there's a part of that that's healthy and then there's a part of that that's just idealistic and 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 it's like love yourself for who you are and like you know, trust that you were made to be awesome, like with your faults. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they keep coming back to that theme in this show about the, the perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And, and I love that, that the, the scents are more perfect, the more imperfect they are. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, they've definitely hit on that theme. And I, I hope, I bet we'll see more of it. I, I liked, um, there was that one line that she had uh, where, Picard asked her if she liked the food mm-hmm. and she said she doesn't know because it, it's now a complicated question. Like up until this point, she wouldn't have questioned it, but now it's a complicated question. Yeah. And do I actually like it or is that just a result of my programming? And I sort of want to be the great. one to reach. Right. Well, I want to be the, the one to reach through question, the TV. Period. 
As a, exactly, exactly. For it's anyone. Saint Picard. Yeah, it's Saint Picard. You're the same thing. We're all a result of our programming. Exactly. I, you know, I, I I can't go back to what I was doing 20 years ago, but whatever happened, whatever I was doing 20 years ago or 30 years ago, whatever has an impact on who I am now. I am a result of my programming on that yeah. outside influence, and that yeah. tells me how I like my eggs or not. But this part of what makes this work to me is that this is almost written by one person. And Michael Shaman has written mm-hmm. not every episode, but he's the through line. And again, yeah. back to the idea that this is a novel. He's tr- he's trying to say something yes. throughout the whole piece. It's not just it's not a series of people trying to say something. It's a, a community of people trying to say something, and he's driving the ship. Which actually yeah. scares me a little bit because he won't be driving the ship next year. So <laughs> next season, that worries me because that you know who knows what's going to happen. But um, it's clear that that there are ideas here that are that are being developed throughout the throughout the the series or throughout the season. Mm-hmm. That we can keep, concede are connected uh, about yeah. personhood, uh, um, mm-hmm. about his failure, uh, Picard's failure to be the person that he. He believes that he is, that he said that he is. I mean, we see him. Yeah, and I love that recognition in this episode of his own yes, his own shortcomings and, and that similarity that he had with Data. And yeah. again, it becomes, it humanizes both of them. Which is why Patrick Stewart needed, it, it re- required something new. I mean, because he said, I do, I've done it already. If you don't come up with something new, then I don't want to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> for real. They're definitely hitting on a lot of new, which is excellent. Hey, uh, Eric, your comments are awesome. Please call back because uh, we'll, we've got at least a few more weeks of talking about this and, and even beyond. Uh, love for you to chime in again, okay? Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank Take you. care, man. Thanks, Rico. Be good. And uh, next up, looks like closing out the show tonight, we've got uh, David joining us. David. Hello. <laughs> Hey, John. Hey, Reka. Hey. How's it going? Hey. So I got a couple things. Um, number one, yeah. the lighthearted one. Well, they're both really lighthearted, but um, the Borg transwarp conduit system, okay? Mm. I thought Seven obliterated it. Why oh, in Voyager? In yeah. uh, Endgame? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. So I don't know. It's still <laughs> there. Maybe she just wasn't as successful. I don't know. I just thought I'd point that out. Do do we know that is there only one? Could well, could there be more than be. one, or or is it a thing that is more of a, a, a construct? Like like they could actually essentially use because uh, they, they're talking about uh, this being a part of subspace that that she well, was accessing. Can they just sort of open that up? It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like a, a thing that exists once and then you destroy it and it's gone forever. I don't know. I have to go back and watch Endgame. Um, yeah, man, that oh. could be the case. You could be right, or maybe she just uh, couldn't get it all. I don't know, but I, I just thought I'd sure. bring that up. Anyway, the, the yeah. other thing is, I, I got to really congratulate you on your choice of co-host because I have a question for Reka now. Oh, I thought you were it's... congratulating Reka. <laughs> no, 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 John's really great. <laughs> no, I just found him like on the street one day. Like you're clever. It's really her show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, in any case, um, so with Soji, okay, I think I'd really like to get your take on mm. where she's at because of the fact that you played a character that kind of came to the same point. Right. And, and what do you see in her uh, portrayal and, and compared to yours, that kind of thing? Right. Well, it is it is really interesting, you know, I mean, choosing to come on and do this podcast, I, of course, had no idea that the plot line was going to be so similar to <laughs> something I had to play <laughs> once. And, uh, and it's been fun to revisit that and go, oh, my God, like, I mean, the difference being is that I, I had to wake up to the fact that I was the enemy, that I was the very thing that I've been fighting. And that's not the case here. Um, a lot of people have made the sense the enemy, but she didn't 
actively spend her life trying to kill sense and to preserve humanity and then wake up to the fact that she is one. So I would say that is the biggest difference. Um, but I certainly, as Tori contemplated those, the similar kinds of questions of like, well, what am I? And what even is inside of my body? Like what's in here? Like, it's, it's frightening to think about. And um, I would say what's different about Tori versus Soji, a lot of things, but one is that Tori was the quickest to embrace it. Mm. Um, They, you know, they needed somebody to be that person who was just going to go, okay, this is what I am. And, you know, maybe that speaks to what I just said a little earlier, some exciting things going on over there Um, (laughs) uh, of like just accepting who you are and, and appreciating it Hmm. and you know her character is i want to say good you know i feel like tori ended up be going becoming bad i hate 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 to categorize anything in a sort of black and white way but there is some of that in storytelling and uh so yeah i think i think she's I'm excited for her. I think she's going to find something that's wonderful. I think she's finding it slowly. She's still in the very much the questioning phase, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and I, you had Sorry, mentioned really a long answer, but uh, who, who better to answer it? You know. Um, but I, I, you had said something when you joined Galactica. Obviously, you had no idea that that's what was in store for that character. So you're just playing yeah. this, you know, for lack of a human, <laughs> Capricorn, whatever, good guy. And yeah. then these reveals then get a shade. Uh, obviously, a show like Picard, all kind of plotted out ahead of time. So they know, and you know right away with uh, Sochi and and with Dodge before her what's what's going on there. Um, that would be an interesting question to ask Isa. I mean, I'm kind of curious about that anyway. Yeah, how and do you... I don't know. Like, I don't know how much she would know in that first. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, you. I mean, they do. The writers do sometimes like not tell you everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, she was probably given a Bible, so she knew the general thing. Yeah. But um, but she may not. You know, she may not know when she's doing episode one what her character is going to go through in episode ten. Right. Right. Because sometimes and, we're still figuring those things out as they go. Sure. And does that, and for an actor, you know, what what do you do when? Okay, how do you play this? Your existential crisis is that you did not exist as of three years ago and everything uh, that you know was created on a computer. I mean, it, that's, yeah. uh, that, that's, that's not recall that you just do, you know? No, that's, I mean, that, it's yeah. great. It's so fun doing that kind of stuff. I and mean, for me, it was yeah. sort of the opposite. What? I've been, I've like known the chief for like thousands of years and he used to be my husband. He's treating me really poorly this time around. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Because yeah. I killed Callie. Big deal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody, for the Galactico spoilers. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, been so. over for, you know, about 12 years now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're okay. Yeah. Um, David, anything else tonight? Because we, we got to wrap it up and, uh, oh. and say good night. That's it. This is just to say, um, this is the first point I've really started to care about these characters. And that's, for me, mm, that's usually nice. where the, the show really starts to lock so that's just a comment and you got that from this particular episode or sort of the whole yeah yeah Yeah. well i mean uh, slowly for some but this one mainly nice yeah interesting and was it all those kind of details that little subtle things you think yeah just personal stuff uh, about Mm -hmm. their past maybe it's just rios (laughs) but uh, same thing same thing in bsg this is like that's where the point where i started caring about your character, so. Mm. Cool. Excellent, man. Well, David, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll see you again uh, next week or, or whenever you're free again to call in, all right? Cool, dude. Take care. Have a good night.
Uh, hey, uh, Reka, thank you again. And I, I can't believe the hour has flown by. So many great Thanks calls, so many great comments. And, uh, and by the way, thank you again to David for uh, the compliment about picking you as guest host for Mission Log, uh, because he's right. Uh, this uh, absolutely has been a blast. I look forward to it every week. And uh, I guess with that, all I can say is Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rob Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by the inimitable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the rest of the shows in the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to everybody who joined us live or who are joining us later. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.